Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bucknutters. It is Thursday, December 7th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Welcome all. Got a great show for you today. Bill Curlick and Mark Porter will be here. Lots of stuff going on and we will get to it all. But first, Santa Baby, the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their fifth-generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using code BUCKNUTS for 20% plus free shipping. Mrs. Claus will thank you. Anybody in the family have too much scruff? Look no further than Manscaped. Beard Hedger, Pro Kit, Handyman Electric, Face Shaver for all his facial hair needs. Dad have nasty nose hair. Save today with the Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer. Is there boxer Boxers Game Week? Boxers 2.0 featuring their signature jewel pouch to keep you calm, cool, and collected. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. It's holiday season. They make great stocking stuffers. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BUCKNUTS. Say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. Not getting that time back. All right, here we go. The grand poo by himself, Mark Porter, the dean of Ohio State recruiting, Bill Curlick. All right, guys. Lots going on. We will take it from the top. There is recruiting. And, of course, the transfer portal has become a way of life. First, Bill, Jordan Seaton, number one offense. First, Bill, I'll cut that out in the podcast. Jordan Seaton, the number one offensive tackle in the country, the Washington, D.C. native, plays at IMG in Bradenton, Florida, and is working out in Los Angeles. Quite an interesting recruitment, Bill. At this time yesterday, 
there was some real optimism for Ohio State. As the day went on, that optimism waned. We know he's announcing today. Have we learned what time? Do you have any vibe on this? Bill, the floor is yours. Well, first, before we get to that, we have to give Dave Biddle a little credit. He was the one that came up with the name The Grand Poobah. Yep. That's a, that's a keeper. He he also that, came up because, with That's because that's that's he has a lack of creativity and he's not fun. <laughs> well, he also came up with the name The Dean for me. I had nothing to do with that one. Uh, uh, and Mark will say he had nothing to do with The Grand Poobah, but... That. There are so many other good nicknames out there. I, I mean, in the, the realm of nicknames, Grand Pooba might not make the top 100. I don't know. I like it. Uh, T-Bone? T-Bone. There you go. I mean, I'm saying there are a ton of them. There are so many nicknames out there. I don't know how he landed on that. Well, we'll I have one to of those ask big Dave. furry hats with the horns. And, there's a very good chance I'll have the arts department put something together that will uh, – Put like you it. as a member of the Flintstones. But go ahead, Bill. Let's get to the uh, key points here as the people are. All around. right. With, with Jordan Seaton, um, you know, he is announcing today, but still uh, he has not or his camp has not said what time yet. Um, so we will wait. I, you know, I did not I do not necessarily expect it to be, say, in the next hour because uh, uh, Seaton is on the West Coast. He's in Los Angeles and um by my guess, it is about 6.15 Los Angeles time right now. So uh, even though it is about uh, 9.15 or close to it, Columbus time. So I, I wouldn't expect necessarily an announcement real, real quickly here. But, um, you know, I think anybody that would say uh, they know exactly what Seton is going to do right this minute probably really is kind of uh, guessing or at least making uh, uh, somewhat of a guess. His camp has gone quiet. You know, when, when he got done with the Ohio State visit, they had the last shot, all that kind of thing. You know, you, you might have thought that Ohio State was in good shape. In fact, I talked to some people from Tennessee that even felt that that might bode well for Ohio State. Uh, but since then, Tennessee has kind of trended a little bit, although there still aren't, to my knowledge, any uh, crystal balls for him one way or the other. And as I was told uh, this morning, or was it late last night, get, uh, at this time of the year you get those things, the times met, mixed up a little because you're up so late and up so early. But uh, as I was told, this is going to be a game time announcement, so to speak, where no one necessarily is 100% sure where he's going. Um, what happened yesterday was interesting in that there was a possibility that Tennessee was going to visit with him. In fact, that was the thinking. And maybe Oregon, and neither one of those happened. Instead, Seton went to Los Angeles. Um, so some people say, well, maybe that bodes well for other schools. I don't think that necessarily makes a whole lot of difference one way or the other. Other than if I'm Tennessee, I would have liked to have gotten that visit in, certainly. Yeah. But um, he decided not to do that, Seton, that is. So we'll see. You know, I still, I guess um, somebody asked me on the board last night, percentages and all that. And I said, well, I, you know, that's about impossible to say with Jordan Seton. 
<laughs> he's too unpredictable. And even when he announces today, there's almost two weeks till signing early signing period begins. So who knows what is going to happen in that two-week period. I can almost assure you that whatever he announces today, all the other schools are not giving up over the next two weeks. So we'll see. Um, but as far as what I thought, what I said last night, I'd, I'd probably give the edge to Tennessee. But I wouldn't rule out Ohio State or Alabama or even Oregon. I'd probably give Ohio State a little edge over Alabama. But again, you know, his announcement today might be just the uh, <laughs> the beginning point almost. So we'll see what happens. There was a time when Terrell Pryor was going to announce his commitment and decided not to announce it that day and crash the site. I wouldn't be surprised to have Seton come out and say he can't make his decision today. Nothing would surprise me when it comes to Jordan Seton. Uh, the only thing we do know is that he is basically your prototype tackle and is probably worth waiting for. Um, we've discussed that at length here. So um, we need a staff member being paid at Wells Fargo to tell us who's uh, making the money drop and where the money's coming from today. Wherever yeah. that Wells Fargo truck is headed. Listen for the beeps. Yeah. It's backing up and he's that, opening it up. That's and, your indicator for Jordan Seaton. Yeah. When, when you Wells hear the, Fargo when you, gets to the house. When you hear the branch truck back up uh, and a guy. And the, driver, and the driver tells you the wire came from X. Yeah. As I was told um, last night, uh, when Seaton did not have uh, the home visit, uh, everything was being done by phone yesterday, and I'm sure there's a lot more being done by phone today. All right. What we're going to do now is just start taking a bunch of questions. There is a bunch here. Um, they tend to be more on the recruiting side, but there's some on the transfer side. Larry Ventresco. Bill, Cyrus Moss is in the transfer portal. Do you think we will check him out? Cyrus Moss was a top 75 defensive end. Plays at the University of Miami. Was not in the two deep this year, Bill. Have you heard anything about Cyrus Moss? I have not heard him connected to Ohio State to this point. But, um, you know, some of these guys have very recently got in the portal. And it doesn't necessarily always happen immediately. Um, sometimes it takes a day, two days, three days, four days for – you know, the coaches to at least do a little evaluation or a little more evaluation. For instance, I got asked, asked almost immediately yesterday, Chase Basantis, the offensive lineman from Tennessee, uh, probably a couple minutes after it was announced he was in the portal, I got announced, is Ohio State, is he going to visit Ohio State? Is Ohio State? Because he was, you know, uh, certainly on Ohio State's very much on the radar screen when he was in high school. Um, but you know, minutes after he gets in the portal, it's kind of hard to say. You know, it takes a little time to track these things down. It takes a little time sometimes for the college coaches to get a hold of kids and all that. So uh, especially when kids immediately get in the portal, immediately you don't always know. And I haven't heard yet uh, anything on Moss being connected to Ohio State, but that's one I'll check on certainly. Since you brought it up, let's talk Bisantis real quick. Uh, started at right tackle for Texas A&M as a true freshman. I think the expectation when he was recruited that he was more of an interior offensive lineman. From what I gathered, uh, they still there's a belief that his still his best position will possibly be inside. 
He was very good. He did give up the second most pressures in all of the SEC. I guess that's to be expected for a freshman. But one thing that's different about Texas A&M, if you look at their transfers, they're losing starters. Most of the guys that are transferring, if you look them up, and that's from, when I say transferring, from the bigger schools, the other power five types, they're not starters. They're guys who are trying to crack a lineup somewhere like that. That's not going to be Ohio State for the most part. But if you look at like Fidel Diggs or even LT Overton who's a backup, um, Tyreek Chapel, the defensive back from uh, Texas Sam has entered the portal. They're losing starters. So that's definitely a place to keep an eye on. Basantis, I assume they will go after him, Bill. Let's talk about what offensive linemen they are going after or one, not going one, after. One second, Dan, on, on the Basantis thing. Um, yes, I did check with a source at AM last night, late last night. They said they had no idea where that kid was going to go. This was from a source at AM. They just really <laughs> don't know where he's going. And while we're on the AM um, topic, uh, a lot of questions about Walter Nolan. Um, uh, that's an example of why you don't always, he is an example of why you don't always know immediately where a kid might be thinking. Sometimes kids get in the portal and they know where they're going the minute they get in the portal or before they get in the portal. Sometimes they don't. In the case of Nolan, um, I did a decent amount of checking on him, and he's just in the exploratory stage. He can you know, be. like he had not even met with Elko, the new AM coach yet at that point. He was going to be meeting with him. They were going to really explore staying at AM, possibly, explore their options, explore the market, so on and so forth. When he got in the portal, it was very exploratory, so to speak, of looking at the landscape and what is out there. Um, so it was going to take, and it's going to take a few days to know what in the world Nolan is going to do. If you go to the Texas A&M site on 24-7, they have a very, very good piece on their transfer portal issues. It's got a breakdown of each guy who's leaving and the impact. If you read that, um, now it is a Texas A&M site, and just like Bucknuts, you come here, you may get a slight bias towards the good guys at Ohio State, and you might get a slight bias at Texas A&M to the Aggies, but the one player they express a crushing defeat to lose is Nolan. The other guys, I think, Pesantis was number two on the list, but their expert Nolan was just a major loss. He had turned into a dominant defensive tackle. And I think the expectation is what I've seen. He he will be the highest paid non quarterback on the market. I think it looks like right now uh, in and terms of interest, et cetera. By, by, and by the way, a lot of, a lot of people ask the question about uh, NIL and giving out the big upfront money and so on. And, why isn't Ohio State giving out huge upfront money sums to uh, players and all that with uh, coming out of high school? And I take a look at the schools that have been kind of connected to doing that and what has happened to some of their classes and so on and so forth. It hasn't always turned out, <laughs> to say the least, exactly uh, the way um, – that you might want it to turn out that, that that is necessarily the answer. I don't think it's the answer. Um, there's not a bottomless pit of money. So, um, 
you know, Texas A&M had a class that everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people felt like they had given out huge sums of, of money, signing bonus money, so to speak, and all that. And things haven't really worked out that well there, to so, so to speak. Yeah, uh, there's no question. Um, I don't want to smirch anybody here, but there's no question. All right, we're going to bounce around here. Grand Poobah's drawing some real interest. What happened to Molar running? This is from Nate Beam. Grand Poobah. I'm not sure that's spelled correctly. You're going to have to work on that, Nate. What happened to Jordan Marshall? That is the Molar running back. How did we let Mr. Football get out of the state? Yeah, he, he just liked Michigan. It was a Michigan thing. You know, I mean, it's there's not much you can do. I don't know if it was uh, bad recruiting by Ohio State. There, I don't think there's anybody to blame or put the, uh, you know, put the arrow on that this is why we lost them. Uh, I'd like to say it's as easy as he's already wearing a Michigan uniform by playing at Moeller. Uh, but he, he was a great player. I mean, when Ohio State had their hooks into him, we covered him a lot, and, and there's a lot to like. The first guy doesn't bring him down. Um a lot of people aren't happy he's Mr. Football because they thought there were some other players that had better statistics and maybe made a better run, you know, with that type of decoration towards the the, uh, the honor. But you can't go wrong with him. I mean, he, he definitely was the leading guy for uh, Moeller, and, and they made a charge towards the end of the season, week 15 every year. Um, hate to see him go another direction. What do you think about this, Bill? Mellow number seven. We're getting a wide receiver that's decommitting from AM. He goes to Milton High School and he's a filthy route runner. Do we know who that is? Uh Holman. Let's read that one again. What is, okay, I'll read it again. We're getting a we're getting a wide receiver that's decommitting from Texas AM. He goes to Milton High School. Filthy route runner. I'll ask another how, question. How can he be decommitting from AM if he's going to Milton High School? Maybe oh, okay. I, I see. Oh, they're saying, okay. Yeah. I'll look I it thought, up. I thought they were talking about transfer portal there. He knows everything about him but his name. Yeah. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Let's let's do this. Bill, take the floor here. What is the status on Amaris Williams, the North Carolina, the number one rated player in North Carolina on defense, who is verbally committed to Florida and has visited here multiple times. Don, the Ohio State garb, your thoughts? Uh, Mars Williams is playing for the championship this weekend. Um, I think they are 14 and 0 right now, I believe, or I know they're, they haven't lost. Um, they're playing for the championship this weekend. I kind of mentioned, well, I did mention a number several times that I'm not sure he's going to make anything final or whatever. Or, uh, so to speak, nothing's final till you sign. But and, and it, until his season is over, that will be this weekend. So I really think that he is going to just focus for the rest of this week on uh, on that game. Um, now, having said that, I did check uh, with a with a good source that uh, the the vibe at Ohio State is still positive. They that the feeling is that they are in. Good shape with Amaris Williams still, um, but you don't know for sure. Again, um, you know, with the NIL, I'm not sure anything is for sure these days, but the vibe right now is still positive for Ohio State. Um, 
there has been the mystery school brought up and the general feeling on that is the mystery school, so to speak, Georgia or possibly yeah. Auburn um, getting involved in that one. But um, as of now, I still have my crystal ball on Ohio State for Amaris Williams. For those still paying attention, the wide receiver committed to Texas A&M from Milton High School is named DeBron Gatling. Six foot, 180 pounds. According to this, the 89th ranked wide receiver in the class. That would be an upset for sure. Uh, DeBron Gatling. If you get that one right, man, we'll come back and uh, definitely hook you. Have we already talked about Trey returning, Jeff Massarella? We have not, and that is Travion Henderson. Rumor has it that he is coming back. Bill, you heard that last night as well. Mark, we talked about this a lot this year. Ohio State's offense with Travion Henderson and Ohio State's offense without Travion Henderson. Your thoughts? Yeah, we were – we talked about this a lot, and if you didn't, you know, watch the podcast a couple months ago or something – I got asked who's the best back on the Ohio State roster. Why? And I went with Henderson. It's speed. It's an easy answer for me. Uh, the yards per carry goes up when you add 70 yard runs to your total 40 yard runs. Uh, six yard uh, gains or holes that are blocked for six yard go for 60. He's a difference maker. Is he the ideal size? Is he the big bruiser? No, that's that's the knock. But boy. As far as the zone run scheme and him putting his foot in the ground and getting downhill, uh, he is going to be the guy that kind of holds this thing together. Maybe the the Christian McCaffrey, so to speak, of the Ohio State offense, the guy that can make the O-line better, uh, make the quarterbacks, receivers better, make the defense roll up to an eight-man front or at least have those seven guys packed in there tightly. Uh, so I think Henderson, if he's coming back, is definitely a win-win. And you know, if you dive into that, I mean, Dan's a draft guy. I mean, what did we think he'd be drafted in? Was it second round, third mm, round? Maybe. You know, you know, and, and maybe, you know, he, he wants to put a little more meat on that bone. And, and here's the – let's talk about the benefits of NIL. If you're a third-round pick or below from now on, and the third-round pick going right in the NFL is eight or 900000 a year to play or maybe a little more, places like Ohio State can match that. And you can stay and play an extra year and get your third round money for a year and then have a chance to be a second or first round pick next year. Um, I think that's the logical path right now. Let's let's hope that's true. DeBron Gatling, Melo originally called him Debonair Gatling. I like Debonair Gatling better personally. <laughs> you got the guts to name your kid Debonair, man. You probably start out up 10. Um, Dan, can I piggyback on you can do uh, whatever you like, man. Yeah. Um, you know, that was the the rumor yesterday and all. And I, I did talk to someone uh, last night, and they uh, also feel like Anderson is coming back, likely coming back to Ohio State, which would be huge, um, which kind of uh, dovetails a little bit into – running back Jordan Lyle, who's mm. been committed to Ohio State for a long time. Um, as we've talked about on this show and as we've written about on Bucknuts, Miami has continued to recruit Jordan Lyle. Um, no secret there. 
He has been a possibility to flip to Miami. As I said, Miami has continued to recruit him for a long time. Uh, his friend and all, Chase Robinson, the wide receiver, I don't see him flipping to Ohio State. I think he stays with his quit to Miami. Um, has been recruiting him for Miami for quite some time. Um, Tony Alford did visit with Jordan Lyle. And um, at this point, Jordan Lyle has not decommitted from Ohio State. I, I checked with a source at Miami as well. Um, Jordan Lyle is going to make an official visit to Miami the weekend of December 15th to 17th. That doesn't particularly bode well for Ohio State. That's the last weekend for official visits before the early signing period. Uh, the temperature at Miami on Jordan Lyle is that uh, they still have a little work to do on Jordan Lyle, but the gut feeling is they'll probably get it done and flip him, but it's not a done deal yet. As I said, the feeling is that they still have a little work to do on him yet. So we will see what happens for, for on, door, on Jordan Lyle, but that's kind of uh, what I've been told. Would certainly uh, lessen the blow. He's the lower rate of the two running backs in the class with James Peoples out of Texas. Um, but, but he is a very good player, no doubt. Yeah, no, yeah, and he plays at a great high school in St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, that school doesn't produce many good football players. <laughs> Um, good Lord that you want to talk about a pipeline. That is it. All right. Before we take a break here, let's, in fact, you know what? Cut me some slack. I'm going to take, I'm going to do my second ad. All right, gentlemen. Now this is legit. Trust me on this. What's that? Comments. We'll take that one down. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is the best gift we've given. I'm just telling you this. This is Omaha Steaks, and I can tell you, having got the gift, um, it is really good to get steaks on your front porch. Yes, the, and, you know, they're wrapped and frozen, individually wrapped, easy to execute. Don't get intimidated. Um, the holidays are here. Let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. Shop carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. So if you go to omahasteaks.com right now, you get 50% off site-wide. And then when you use the promo code BUCKNUTS at checkout, you get an additional $30 off your order. So you're sending tender, juicy, butcher's cut filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, easy prepare meal. I had pork chops in there. We had desserts in there. The possibilities are endless. It's a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of the 50% off site-wide. Plus, use promo code BUCKNUTS at checkout to get that extra $30 off. Minimum order may be required. And I've said this a couple times. You spend $200 on steaks, you get it for $70. Bucks. That's a good deal, man. That's basically 33% by my uh, non-Ohio State graduate math. Okay, we are back. I'm going to put that picture back up there. Picture, comment back up there. <clears throat> Bill and Mark, what impressions did you come away with on the high school championship games? There's another question. Did anybody flash? Did anyone surprise you? For those who don't know, uh, Glenville beat Alter in the state championship. Is that accurate? 
Yep. And that's two or three. I know the biggie was St. Edward over Springfield. So we got the Armstrong brothers over Aaron Scott. What love, did you guys love, think? Mary Local won for the 900 straight time. Give me your impressions. I was going to say, uh, Springfield loved seeing Aaron Scott carry the ball at quarterback. I mean, talk about explosive. There were a few times when I didn't think anything was there, and he comes shooting out the other side of that line. Boy, it just makes you wonder sometimes how good athletes these guys are. Same with Bryce West. I, I saw that he ran. He didn't play in a state championship, uh, had a little shoulder injury. Let's, let's go back with Bryce West. We saw him at Mansfield scrimmage, 7-on-7 seven seven before the year, took an awkward fall, hurt his elbow, shoulder, mm -hmm. fought through that all year. Uh, you know, Moved the safety, uh, didn't get to play the last two games of the year. He was dressed for emergency reasons. He would have toughed it out and went out there if his team needed it. Uh, if you saw the scores of the Glenville games, they didn't need him, and it, it was a party for them. Uh, but, yeah, those are two things that stood out. The, the best game, uh, Hoban versus Maslin. I mean, just oh. locally up there in the Akron-Canton area, those two have been going at it. And for that game to be that tight and go down to the last play and, you know, unfortunately, you know, ball in the end zone made it, you know, could have been one way or the other. That was pretty dramatic. Uh, Toledo Central Catholic, boy, I mean, that offensive line may be one of the better ones. It rivals St. Ed's to see the size of it. Um they have two guys almost as good as the Armstrongs. They have a center in the Mac, a couple other offensive linemen that are big time. So that, that was, you know, to see them roll over Bishop Watterson. Uh, and then the other one here, uh, versus, oh, Kirtland. Boy, have they won. They're like uh, Marion Local. They just keep winning. Uh, and I hear from Kirtland that the, the morning after the state championship game, the weight room was full. Yeah. Was full. No days off. There's a reason that they, they won. Every year. The, so they won and we're in the weight room the next morning. Culture. That, that is the culture of winning. And a lot, of, a lot of guys have trouble getting guys in the weight room any day. When these kids are doing it on their own and they want to be there, that, that's a you know nice little side note to the, their success and their repeated success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Yeah, we were a little glitch there. When I was coming up and covering uh, prep sports, that's what we would do. When a team was eliminated in the playoffs, we would call their weight room at 7 o'clock Monday morning and be like, how many guys are in here? And you could usually write down the number and then make your predictions for the next year based on how many guys were in there. Centerville High School, by the way, not the one around here, the one in Virginia, once had 92 kids in there on a Monday. So – 
that helps. Um, but that's awesome. Kurt, Kurt was, that's, that's really impressive. Cause that's, by the way, not the biggest school. You know what I mean? Those are small schools. Up I mean, there. you have, you have Menor, who's the biggest division one school in the state of Ohio right there. And men are like Catholic in your same town. I mean, yeah. Kirtland's essentially Menor, and yeah, for you to take overflow or have the neighborhoods around your school provide that type of consistent, it, let's just say it, it's it's coaching too. Oh yeah, great tradition. We gonna say something, Bill? Yeah, when I when I was back in the day when I was the head basketball coach at Dublin High School, used to love to see how quickly after the last game of the season, kids got back in the gym on their own, open gym, that type of thing, how quickly they did it, and always felt like the sooner the better, and quite often it was it was pretty soon. I, I always like to watch for that. There's um, no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. Um, Got to say something, too, about Mark brought it up. Um, Mo Douglas and, and putting um, Aaron Scott in as the Wildcat quarterback in that game, that was a game changer. Um Springfield didn't win that game, but at that point they were getting pretty well dominated. Yep. And when Aaron Scott went in as the Wildcat quarterback, that really tightened things up. Springfield got back in the game. That was really a, a, a huge move by Mo Douglas that uh, really put them back in the put them in the game. I was I was super impressed with Aaron Scott uh, offensively as well. And the, as defense. and the other quarterback that came in actually got hot for a few throws. He kind of – and I was kind of rooting against that. I'm like, oh, no, don't get hot. I want to put Aaron back in there. <laughs> and he got hot. But I think, uh, like you said, the difference maker, boy, it would be tough to not give him 25 carries. Yeah. Man, I hope this isn't screwing up the podcast because I'm getting some uh, interference here digitally. Let's talk quarterback – I think there is a general sense that Ohio State is looking for a quarterback in the portal. They have done a good job keeping under wraps as to where they've been mentioned with several dudes, Cam Ward, Riley Leonard. So I've taken a look at all the quarterbacks that are possibly, or all of them, as much as you can. I, I don't have access to the all 22, but if I were recruiting Cam Ward or Michael Pratt out of Tulane, Part of my pitch would be if you come here and have a great year, you're going to have a good shot to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, I watched Pratt for the first time at length last night. That dude is really good. People, Some people are going to respond poorly to this, but he reminds me a little bit of Tony Romo and that he, he doesn't run to uh, – he's not a runner, but he's an athlete and he can, you know, he can escape and he's – He'll probably run in the four sixes, I would assume. Real nice arm. My only concern and say not the biggest dude. Um, but I know that Michael Pratt at Tulane is considering the pros or the portal, and he would be huge. Cam Ward. I think you can sell those dudes on the Heisman. I mean, look, if you look since 2018, Ohio State's only missed having a Heisman finalist once. Okay, no other team can say that. And Ohio State has sent dudes at three different positions. No one has sent more than two. Um, and that was Alabama with Devontae Smith and then Bryce Young. So platform-wise, you are selling Heisman Trophy. Bill, Mark, have you heard anything on the quarterback scene 
from outside environs. Um, on the Cam Ward thing, I was told last night that there is not really a lot of dialogue going from Ohio State to Cam Ward. But um, that's not ha- that's not to say it couldn't happen. But so far, uh, as of yesterday, that wasn't really happening. Um, now, the guy that uh, I think you'd put up there uh, as far as the wish list would be Riley Leonard. But I keep hearing that it is Notre Dame's battle to lose there for Riley Leonard. And it would be, at least at this point, a pretty big upset that Notre Dame feels pretty darn good about Riley Leonard ending up at Notre Dame. Yeah, for what it's worth, uh, I had an NFL guy tell me if he were running Ohio State, Riley Leonard would be his choice. But we shall see. He's been – he was really – that was almost like expressed as a fait accompli when he hit the thing. He was just going to Notre Dame. Like that had been – that's one of the first names you could hear about. Um, let's see here. Da, da, da. There was a great question up here. The question was, who do you guys think will be Ohio State's starting linebackers next year? We don't need to go into too much detail. Let's just talk about who do you guys think will replace Steele and Tommy? Go ahead, Bill, and you can take that, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I'm not really – I haven't really studied who the next guy up would be there. I don't know what their next move would be. In in full confession, I've been on the road this week, and I haven't really – dove into these questions. I'll let Bill go. Well, as long as he stays, I think one of them will be Simon. Um, you know, he was getting meaningful reps at the end of the season and all. And uh, my, my gut feeling is he's going to be back, but uh, and providing he is, I think he's going to be a linebacker. I think you've uh, got to look at Hicks. And I, I think that Styles is likely to stay where he's at, but you never know. I mean, uh, kids, when they're in their second, third year, and so forth, they get bigger, and maybe Styles gets bigger. But I tend to think he's going to stay, at least for the time being, where he is at. Yeah, that's C.J. Hicks, the linebacker. We all have high hopes for. There'll be a boarding house item about him today that I think everyone's going to want to check out. Uh, Sonny Styles, who knows. He's probably be as big as a defensive end by the time he leaves here. Who knows where he's going to play? Mark, what would you do with him? Linebacker. Uh, I've kind of thought that. Like the monster? Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like an outside linebacker now, but he's he's in coverage a lot, and he's so big back there. Um, when, when the question came up, that was the first thing in my head is, boy, I'm not sure who, but Sonny Styles is, like Bill said, it's hard to ignore what he looks like in person and, and what that looks like, you know, in the NFL and stuff. So there is some theory there, but I mean, he's not doing a bad job at safety and the way we play three safeties, one of them's linebacker esque anyway. So I'm not saying he's moving, but I, I would not mind that move at all. Yeah. And, and it's, Dave it's, powers. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what, it's, it's a shame. We don't have a, bunch of names that popped to our head that were rotating in there and you saw a lot of them and they made plays on special teams. Cause that's like the first thing that I thought is, wow, I don't have a guy that I really remember making a splash play other than the starters. So 
you know, that there's some, some experience that needs to be gained at that position. Um, yeah, I like that. But Bobby, McC- I'm with Bobby McCormick here. I think that sounds good. What do you think this it was? Is that Jalen Lucas, the kid from Edna Carr? I, I don't see them doing that. Um, I'll tell you one position that's plentiful in the portal that they could use some help at is tight end, Bill. Have you heard anything about that? There's a lot of tight ends in the portal who look pretty good. Do you think that's a position they'll go after, or they're going to hand the ball to Jelani Thurman, as it were? I think they'll look. Um, you know, they uh, they looked last year. Um, the kid that ended up going to Alabama, Ohio State would have taken him, but uh, they they finished second to Alabama for him. Uh, his name escapes me right offhand. One of our I, I wrote a number of stories on that kid. Um, I just can't think of his name, but he ended up in Alabama. So they looked last year um, for a portal tight end, and I think they'll peruse the portal again this year for one, certainly. Like so, th- and also don't people remember that you know this portal uh, period is not the only time that the portal will be open. So th- there's more to come. You go into that a little bit, could you? Well, there's a, there's another period changed. later on. Um, so, I mean, last year wasn't that way. Yeah, I, I thought the the next big splash for the portals right spring ball. Like, there's a lot of kids now that they're being told, "Hey, don't do this yet." Give it spring ball and let it shake out. And then when you see the writing on the wall in spring ball, that's when the exodus kind of really hits. So for a thousand kids already to be sure, uh, I wonder how many are 50-50 and still on their team. Brass tack. Seems like Glenville's running back wants to beat Ohio State badly. What are the chances Ohio State offers a scholarly or at worst a preferred walk-on offer? Mark, name and scouting report. Yeah, he's uh, related to Cardell Jones. He's the yep. uncle, or it's his uncle, Deshante Jones. And tell you what, he is making an argument. I was asked about this kid at least 100 times in the last two years. Um, his statistics are off the chart, which inflates what he probably and what they probably think of him because the stats, they just dominated teams so bad. It, it really isn't a true indicator of his talent, but – he is a powerful guy. Uh, I watched him the last two weeks of the playoffs. He looks faster. Uh, he looks like a determined runner. Um, he looks like the type of guy that I would not want to bet against as a scout. Does he have the, the underlying 40 time and stuff like that to maybe be an Ohio State back? I'm not sure. Um, walk on. Yeah, I'm sure Ohio State would love to get him as a walk on, especially if they're going to lose Lyle or something like that. Um, they throw scholarships at uh, Glenville kids all the time. The, the, the saying always was when Trestle was here, Ted Ginn had one scholarship himself to give to whoever he wanted. So maybe Ginn will say, hey, this is the kid I would prefer you guys give a shot to. But Freddie Johnson up there is another one who got much better throughout the year as a lineman. So if you got in a pinch, Ohio State may be looking at him as one of those type guys, an Ohio kid that blew up. But, boy, I don't want to go on record saying Deshante Jones can't do it because it just looks like that type of player. And power backs, I'll say this. If I've been watching scouting, power backs have been missed on a bunch. Le'Veon Bell, they thought he was a linebacker. Uh, a Sim Rose was a linebacker out of Garfield Heights then went to Kentucky. A.J. Rose, he was their tailback for a while. DeMonte Tranium, well, he's a linebacker. He can't be a power back. He's, you know, you know his story. 
these power backs, it's tough to evaluate how hard they will run in college. Because sometimes against high school kids, they're blowing up 145-pound DBs and 180-pound defensive linemen. You want to see them, you know, blow up a 230-pound running back to see if they and, – and this is the type of player that could do that. So it's long-winded. Uh, hats off to him, though, for an unbelievable statistical run back-to-back state championships. See, he, he has made his case. Yeah. A little aside from that, um, I, I was a hoops coach in the day, and Le'Veon Bell, when he was in high school, I was at one of his last high school basketball games, and uh, he wasn't a great basketball player, but my goodness, watching him on the court, whoa. First of all, physically, he looked so much different than every other kid out there, and you know, you looked at his combination of athleticism and size and everything i said whoa and he was a kid that high state was looking at but they never really went in on and uh i, I was ultra impressed athletically and physically watching Le'Veon bell in one of his final high school hoops games and turned out to be a pretty darn good football player if i remember correctly he was more of a mac type prospect and then michigan state came in late Rumor has it Luke Fickle made a call to one Mark D'Antonio, and uh, that was a call that went very well for Michigan State. I'm thinking back. Le'Veon Bell's one of the better backs Ohio State's had to go against, on at least on a consistent basis that I can remember. Great patience. I can't remember a back, maybe Deuce McAllister, who ran with such incredible patience and uh, just seemed to, to have great vision. All right, last question, Bill. I saved it for last. I will not comment on this, obviously, but there's a million questions up there about Jeremiah Smith, Jamie Cortez. I hope I pronounced the last name correctly. I hear Miami is close to flipping wide receiver Jeremiah Smith. Any truth to this? There's also some chatter on here that he's taking an official visit to Florida State this weekend. Of course, Jeremiah Smith, number one wide receiver and number one player in the class, verbally committed to Ohio State for some time, Bill. Well, um, yeah, obviously we've talked about this ad nauseum. Florida State is continuing to recruit him. Why wouldn't you? He's a Florida kid, and he's the number one player in the country. Miami continuing to recruit him. In fact, Miami is sending two coaches to his game this week. It's a state championship game, and Miami is sending two coaches to that game. I would assume, I haven't been told for sure, but I'd assume that Ohio State will be at that game. Um but, uh, you know, when you're sending two coaches of the game, like Miami is, you're not doing it just uh, uh, for fun, so to speak. They're, they're, they're going to see them. Um, could he flip? You know, I, again, I, in the world of recruiting, I never say never, but I still continue to like where Ohio State is as long as Ryan Day and Brian Hartline are there. Um, and they are still there. So, We'll see. Miami's not giving up on him. Florida State's not giving up on him. They're working hard. But Ohio State, of course, is working hard to keep him, too. Of course, caveman. Guys, just please let it ride. He comes here or he doesn't. You can probably say that about a lot of things we talk about on this show, my friend, and then we wouldn't have a podcast. So we are going to keep talking about guys possibly coming or not coming because we really don't have much else to talk about. It's not like we're the most diverse trio up here with of topics. Go ahead. By the we, way, we have to mention, I've seen several comments about uh, uh, 
the Grand Poobah name being quite an honor for Mark. Our, our listeners feel it is an honor. There's a spelling dispute going on here with P-U-B-A over P-O-O-B-A-H. I want to officially name this Grand Poobah is P-O-O-B-A-H of Flintstone's origin. Um, like I said, is the art department working on a portrait of Mark? The, the, more, club, maybe. the more I oh, resent it, the more I hate it and resent it, the more it's going to stick. Exactly. Yeah, I'm trying not to resent it and hate it, but and, and you're not allowed to pick your own nickname, but I would like to put out 10 nicknames that I would suggest to Dave Biddle next time he, you know, dons somebody with something like this that sticks. And I don't know why I don't like it. It's it's not degrading in any way, but I just want something better, I think. Just something better. Uh, Here's one we have to throw in real quick. Uh, just saw this because this is Ohio State related. Uh, Manny Diaz, I see, is expected to be named the head coach at Duke. I just saw. Uh, Very interesting. Obviously, that impacts Ohio State because Jim Knowles is a candidate there. But uh, for what it's worth, appears that Manny Diaz may be named the head coach at Duke. Tangentially, uh, Penn State's offense was better. Excuse me. Penn State's defense was much better than their offense, and Manny Diaz apparently um, was credited with a lot of that. So that's very interesting. Look, uh, I'm very happy about this, if for no other reason. If you bring in a new defensive coordinator, we're going to have to get used to that guy's system again, and we're just getting some continuity with this one. Um, let's let these guys learn a little bit. I get that it's cool that you're – your guys have a platform to get head coaching jobs, and it's pretty common for the defensive coordinator to do that. But let's hope another Cornell doesn't come calling or something like that that uh, could get Jim Knowles to bounce. All right, people. Keep it locked in here today. Uh, rumor has it that Jordan Seaton is committing at noon Eastern time, and by that I mean rumor has it. I would not put – any uh, stock in that because things have gotten nuts with that guy, but we are holding out some hope and uh, we will see how it goes. We appreciate these guys stopping by. I will be back tomorrow. Believe it or not, Dave is on vacation. So I'll have to come up with something for tomorrow, Monday. We'll vamp. It won't be the poop on the Dean, but it'll be someone good. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Have a good one. Bye.